spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. From religious protection to political chalkings, liberty has the clear answer. But on other issues, even matters of life and death, the water can be muddy. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6 for the duration but one thing I am not going to be able to do for the duration, and that is talk about the presidential campaign for every Saturday. I am so sick of it. I'm telling you. When I, I tune in to, I always like to catch, I don't watch it on TV, but like on Sirius, I'll listen to some Fox News just to get the tone of, basically I consider it propaganda, but it's unlike the Wall Street Journal, which I also think is propaganda, it gives you the tone. It gives you the tone of uh, like the emotional uh, tone they're trying to put on you. So, but lately, I tune in and all I hear is Trump, ISIS, Trump, ISIS, Trump, ISIS. I mean, it is so relentless, so shrill. It really reminded me of the uh, Clockwork Orange, where the guys like watching all these. Uh, images while Beethoven plays. There's some kind of brainwashing thing. I don't know, but I had to like snap out of it and turn it off. And I did. And I picked up the newspaper, like the local newspaper. And there were a lot of interesting stories in it, not just about local events. I mean, a lot of times it's just sad stuff about local crime or accidents or whatever. But there were a lot of issues that, uh, that really demand a kind of philosophical approach or it's worth using your principles as a touchstone to try to get to the bottom of them. And that's the kind of discourse I would love to hear on the national level. But I mean, it's just degenerated so far. I think, like I said last week, I thought the campaign season had jumped to the shark. I am. Uh, I think I was right about that. So I'm going to take a break from that for a while. And some of these issues that I that were in the local news, I think are I do want to talk. I'm probably going to do this this week and next week and cover a lot of these issues because they really do speak to uh, the principles for me as a libertarian. Libertarian principles are pretty clear. Other people are more pragmatic. So I think it really does bear discussion. And some of the issues are clearly, in my mind, resolvable through, uh, for example, small government, a strict uh, interpretation of what the government's mandate is and to a strict defense of private property. So things like the Emory chalkings. Emory, as a private university, if it did not take government money, should be able to say how it wants to handle graffiti or political speech or however they want to categorize it. Same thing with the campus carry law if if universities were all private and i think they should be they could make their own rules about how they want to address gun possession by students and students could choose to go there or not if they liked it there are uh 
the even the Religious Freedom Act, which is also on Deal's desk, which I do think I want to get to later in the show. Uh, to me, no matter where you're coming from, whether it's a religion or uh, just a private club or your own business, you do have the right to conduct business or exclude from your clientele anybody you want. I have been on the excluded side many times from clubs and other things. It's not like it benefits me, but I recognize people's right to associate or not associate with the people they want to. So that is a really big, complex issue. I hope to get to that in the five o'clock hour, maybe a little bit before. But I would say, again, it is a question of private property and liberty has the clear answer. But there were a couple of things in the news where libertarians even can disagree. And these are actually the very serious issues of life and death. There's some, uh, I usually with a libertarian, if there's conflict among libertarians, it's because there's a competing rights issue like immigration. People have the right to work and travel. But if you if you attach that right, like our government does to the right to vote, And then you have people who don't understand the difference between a democracy and a republic who think you can vote each other's gun rights away, for example, or property rights away. You've got problems there. And that's a libertarian debate. That's one I think I'll probably get to next week. Then the the something the whole this week's episode of the primaries, a reality show, had Trump say something controversial, of course, about abortion. But again, that's an issue where libertarians can really disagree. And again, for me personally, as the mother of a child with Down syndrome, like that's a very uh, real issue in my in in the circles in which I travel, a very emotional issue. And and I will address it. I will give you my point of view if you want to hear it. But the but a. I guess, I don't know if it's less emotionally charged. I've certainly gotten (laughs) plenty of uh, fiery tweets about it, having broached the subject. But this week, Georgia put a man to death, Joshua Bishop, got the death penalty for a murder that he committed in 1994. So it was 22 years ago. He was 19 at the time. He was drunk and on crack. and, uh, And also one of the things, which I don't, I hate this as a like so-called mitigating factor. He had a rough childhood. Like to me, I feel like if your childhood is so rough that you are a homicidal maniac, then I don't, I think the death penalty might be the right answer just from a practical point of view. But this guy had also admitted to killing someone else like just a few weeks before this 1994 murder. So they put him to death on Thursday. And then there's another execution coming up in April of, uh, of another man who committed murder, uh, uh, Kenneth Fultz, who committed murder in 1996, another older crime. And I never, ever had a moral problem with the death penalty. I, I believe in the right to life. Your, your don't touch me or my stuff is the only law, in my opinion, the only civic law. And even morally speaking... If you take somebody's life, you forfeit that social protection of your life. And and actually, I would say you forfeit your own right to life, not just the protection of the state, but your right to life. So morally, I never really had a problem with it. And uh, I defended it. But I have changed my position, not on the moral side, although I'm open to the discussion. I mean, there is a real moral 
discussion out there. But for me, here's where I come down on it. And it just dawned on me. I used to think the real problem with the death penalty was that mistakes would be made. But I felt like with the the way the jury system works, with how scrupulous they are about the whole thing, about all the appeals all the time, and now with DNA, that there really wouldn't be so many mistakes. Then I realized when I, I just started plugging into a few cases where people have gotten out of jail after decades from DNA evidence or other things have come up. Uh, I did a review of a documentary on, documentary on my website. Uh, the documentary is called uh, The Thin Blue Line. You can go to MonicaPerezShow.com and just check that out. And in in the two or three cases that I've read recently, including that one, the it wasn't a mistake that was made. It was that the DA or the prosecutor did not follow the rules of evidence or pressured witnesses or what messed with the system illegally so that he could have a higher conviction rate, which is just so petty. But and rare, it's rare, but those guys get like a slap on the wrist and people will die for it. So it's not that there's a mistake. It's that there's a conflict of interest between, as usual, which the Bill of Rights demonstrates that our founders recognize the inherent conflict of interest between the government and the people. But this in a very petty, small, local way, there is a conflict of interest. I I think it's rare. I mean, I think it takes, you're really a murderer if you're going to do that, if you're going to, you know, I guess these guys feel like, oh, well, he was guilty, but I couldn't prove it. I, I think it's the rare case, but it is possible and it's intentional. So, so if it can't be overturned on appeal, if he's, you know, squashed all the evidence, then the other problem is that I feel like our government has basically been taken over by traitors. And I'm not talking about Obama or Bush. I'm talking about the kind of powers behind the scene who have suborned our entire system to their own political or power or financial ends. And if those guys who I think are traitors get to determine what treason is, is domestic terrorism treason, is resisting the government treason, and that's a capital offense, which it almost always is, then uh, that's a very powerful weapon to put in the hands of the government, and I don't want them to have that weapon. I've got some tweets, I've got some posts that uh, offer maybe a little more provocative stuff on this. I want to know what you think. Is it morally right or wrong? Is it, um, is it just simply impractical or do we, do we need it? Is the death penalty, you know, is there a real, is the, is it really a, a question or is it crystal clear to you? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 61 degrees outside the studio and 8 on the Mellish Meter. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And we are talking about the death penalty, a heavy issue. I think there's, uh, you know, I can see both sides of the story. I'm going to go to Jenny. Hi, Jenny. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. I don't believe that the government ought to be involved in any type of moral issue. And that includes the death penalty, that includes gay rights, that includes abortion. I think that ought to be left up to the individual. Why should the government be involved in any of it? So you would say the government should not have the right to take somebody's life in retribution, let's say, not revenge, but in retribution for murder. They should not be allowed to take the life, just incarcerate them to keep society safe. 
I, I do. And all of these other things that you've mentioned only go to strengthen my point of view and anyone else who believes that way. Because there are many people who are put to death. I would venture to guess that probably half of the people who were convicted back in the before 1950, particularly blacks, were not guilty. At least half. I, I wouldn't be surprised because there what there did seem to be uh, rushes to judgment, and they didn't have these people complain about the long drawn out process. Jenny, you sound like a libertarian. Are you a libertarian? Uh, how did you guess? <laughs> Say that again. How did you guess? Oh yes, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, it's actually you bring up the many uh, factors that libertarians can put aside so many of these conflicts by keeping the government out. You mentioned gay marriage. You mentioned abortion. These are all issues that I'm willing to talk about today, as long as we're all uh, civil about it, trying to get to the right answer. But for the most part, if the government can stay out of it, uh, I feel like it's crystal clear the government should stay out of it. Absolutely. Those are moral issues. And moral issues are between a person and their God. Yes, and I have also noticed that people say, well, murder and rape are moral issues, and that, and the government addresses those. And I would answer by saying it is, but that's not why the government has a hand. The government has a hand in helping you defend yourself. And yes, moral issues do come into play in when people are violating your person or property but that's but moral issues are much larger than civil issues let's continue this conversation 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talker you can tweet at me at monica perez show this is the end beautiful friend you got me excited because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Taking a break from the insane cycle of the media screaming from... Uh, the cable news about the presidential campaign and terror and just screaming <laughs> constantly about that stuff. When there are real issues that we could be discussing that are worthy of uh, a touchstone of principles and also, you know, a return to morality and practicality and what is the role of government. I'm talking about a few different issues I hope to get to by the end of the show. But right now, the death penalty, a inmate was put to death this week in Georgia and another one is scheduled uh, in April for murders that were each 20 years old. And uh, the issues that that come up are for the death penalty generally as a policy are uh, is it really necessary for self-defense is uh, one thing that I found interesting that I stumbled upon in, in reading some religious stuff about it. Is there a difference between retribution and <clears throat> vengeance? And, and it's kind of a subtle distinction, retribution kind of making the world right again, or uh, as opposed to vengeance, which is, you know, like a bloodlust. But my problem with the death penalty, I never had a problem with it, not morally at all. 
but I do not trust the government, not only in their in the the individuals who are responsible for conducting the process unbiasedly, having their own conflicts for wanting to get convictions and stuff. That's minor, in my opinion, to the the fact that there's this trend that you know, we want to take away the rights of terrorists. Terrorists have no rights. That's I understand that. But when you start defining terrorism as domestic terrorism and what's domestic terrorism, it's generally a resistance to government overreach is I certainly think that's one way of doing it. There was one, uh, I think it was Missouri. There was a memo that said, uh, you know, signals or what, how to recognize <clears throat> potential domestic terrorists. One was an anti-abortion sticker. Another was a Ron Paul bumper sticker. So these are people who do not like the system, the government, and they are actually flagged by the government as potential domestic terrorists. And that's when you start thinking, well, if treason, you know, if they if they classify that stuff as treason, a threat to the state, and you can be put to death for that, that's quite uh, powerful. Maybe not, maybe not right now. But if things start getting crazy, it's only when the government's under stress that these things, like the Bill of Rights and other restrictions, restraints on government are so, so important. So that's why I've kind of changed my mind on giving the government that power. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Stephen Winder. Hi, Steve. You're on with Monica. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm still for the death penalty with a caveat. Okay. Uh, it needs to be much harder to hand out death penalty sentences. Um, <clears throat> there can be no... No question, no ifs, ands, or buts, no ambiguity in the evidence. I mean, it has to be provable. I mean, I mean, it has to be proven. Uh, like the Colorado theater shooting, you know. Um, oh, know, you think that's proven without a doubt? I don't think so. I, do. I think if you dig into that, there are some funny stories about that guy seeming to be on drugs and the behind the. Movie theater, no, but these cases, this, the, these cases in Georgia uh, no, last week. It's it's atrocious that people are imprisoned for any length of time falsely, um, and to take someone's life unjustly uh, is is a national disgrace. But you know, if you got somebody on videotape. Uh, yeah, dead to rights. Both of these guys it. are dead to rights. I mean, I think and the guy who died this week did not only confess to this, but to a previous killing, and uh, and that did come up in this. I was reading a Catholic. It was really good uh, article about really thorough. It was fifteen pages, so I'm not sure you have time to read it. But one of the things was that it had. Uh, it said it really has to be without a doubt that the person is guilty if you're going to take their lives. And and although it is egregious to put somebody in jail forever and risk being wrong, at least without the death penalty, you have a chance of of exonerating them, which does happen now that like there's been DNA evidence has gotten people out of jail. Uh, so, um, you were talking about uh, domestic terrorism. Um, this is this is the way I read it. A person, an American, can only be a uh, can only commit treason against the Constitution itself, not not uh, not that's against the government. Great, I had actually thought of that 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 treason might be limited strictly to people who have taken an oath to defend the Constitution. That they uh, should be the ones. 
Well, I mean, I, I, even if you haven't taken an oath, uh, if if you're subverting, uh, attempting to subvert the Constitution, then uh, you know you're you're running the risk of treason, of being uh, being labeled uh, a traitor. Um, yeah, I you know I've come uh, away from that strict worship of the constitution i do the bill of rights i 100 percent. i mean those things are self-evident they are there to restrain government but for me i i think you can resist you don't have to consent to this government you do have to refrain from violating other people's rights that's for sure like don't touch me or my stuff that's the law and everyone should have to abide by it but as far as treason goes if the government is so corrupt that treason is in defense of the Bill of Rights, for example, then uh, then I don't want them to have the power to kill for that. But yeah. but I agree with what you're saying. Like I understand what you're saying, and and uh, I don't I don't how you, I don't see how you could be a traitor if uh, you know whatever you're accused of doing is in defense of liberty, uh, is in defense. Yes, of and freedom. that's. That's where it breaks down because they will, they will say that 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 you can see how our government, oh sure, m- you know, attacks yeah. <laughs> people who are good uh, yeah. now. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, you know, the the Sixteenth and Seventeenth Amendments are are you know prime examples of of how the government can uh, you know justify tyranny via uh, you know passing laws. The uh, income tax, the Constitution, yeah. the income tax, and what's the other one? And. Uh, the 17th Amendment is uh, the senators? mandated that, yeah, that senators would be uh, elected by a majority vote in the states, and that totally stripped yes. the states of their rights. So, yes. I mean, Mexico has a representation in Washington, D.C., but Georgia doesn't, you know? <laughs> well, what do you <laughs> not, mean? Not because... The well, the, the Mexican oh. government has a consulate in D.C. Yes. They have representation there. The state of Georgia, um, the Georgia state government... Nope, none, none whatsoever. Well, I let me just explain uh, that issue. It's the senators used to be appointed or elected, or whatever, by the state legislature, and that gave a kind of um, a higher level. It, it was they were above demagoguery, whereas congressmen would appeal to the to get the popular vote. But it wasn't so easy for a senator to just say, I'll give you free stuff and get elected. And then another thing was that it made the state legislature more important. People paid more attention. It was just a a blow against states' rights. And they say that the impact has been really significant. And then the other amendment you mentioned was to have an income tax, which is totally was considered unconstitutional, which is why they had to have an amendment against it. But yes, I, I feel like the you cannot trust the government to put people to death for what they are defining as treason. If you if you do put Americans in danger of their life and limb by giving away defense secrets, and I mean real defense secrets like how to penetrate U.S. airspace, that kind of defense secrets, yes, that's tantamount to attempted murder or a complicity to murder. But uh, as far as where we're headed, I don't trust the government for this. I'm going to Sue in Sugar Hill. Hi, Sue. You're on with Monica. Good afternoon, uh, Monica. (laughs) Uh, My comments are, I I believe there may be some confusion between morality and legality. Yep. When Timothy McVeigh committed the Oklahoma City bombings and murdered so many people, 
and define those people as collateral damage, Timothy McVeigh did relinquish his right to life. Regrettably, he did, but we human beings are the result of our choices, and his choices resulted in his execution. I will just say, I'll just say that's, I don't, that particular example, like the the big, big examples that get all the attention so often have strange details. I just wrote recently about the Oklahoma City bombing and uh, the fact that his, you know, it does not look like he was acting alone or at least in a small group that was given uh, credit for that, but, but I would say, so take that example out, or if you want to look into it further, I have plenty of stuff on my website on that. But if, but I agree with you that you are, you are forfeiting your right to life. And, uh, and it's maybe morality is not the right way to say it. Maybe it's what is the role of the state? Is it strictly to defend us? In which case, is locking these guys up enough? Is the question only if it's a deterrent? You know what I'm saying? Is this the role of the state? Where, where do they get this right? If they're only the state can only act as an extension of our right to self-defense. So, is this well, a deterrent or what? We citizens are all all citizens are entitled to equal protection under the law. But Dr. Martin Luther King said, "You cannot legislate morality." you can legislate behavior. And under the law, the law defines the behaviors which result in either incarceration or ultimately execution. And therefore, it is the the responsibility of all citizens to see that the law is is equally. But I would ask you, I I get that, I would ask you what is the justification i'm not arguing against it i mean i'm honestly trying to puzzle through the nuances what is the justification for using death instead of say life in prison without parole because of a risk of escape or because it makes the world balanced i mean in this catholic document i read it said it would made the world right it was a it was a sense of balance well, doesn't the law need to address each case and each person individually and the circumstances of that case? Yes. And yet rule by the elements of law. Yes. Uh, and therefore, we must uh, we must realize yes. that the law, it must be equal protection under the law for all of us. Therefore, then we define the law, what it should be. Yes, and uh, I do think we need to define that law. And if you go back... In in the Judeo Christian anyway, and I assume Islam as well, they have a. It's always been. Uh, it's never been denounced as fundamentally immoral to give the state that ability to use capital punishment. And maybe we shouldn't rethink like ancient basic tenets, except for, uh, you know, I I look at the state as strictly an extension of my self defense. And uh, and I think we should define the power of the state as something you yourself would be able to do in an act of self-defense. You're just delegating it to them. Uh, David, right after the break, he is sick of the government imposing its morality on us. I think that's what you're saying. I want to get to that call and yours, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. We're talking about the death penalty and uh, other issues that I feel like even libertarians can disagree on. Love 
there, there, someone was put to death in Georgia this past week, and another person is going to be put to death in April in Georgia for murders that are 20 years old. We just heard at the break and the news that WSB will be covering the Justin Ross Harris trial. He was accused of leaving his toddler in the car on purpose uh, so that he would die of suffocation in the heat. And, and I'll tell you, emotionally, when I first heard that story, when it first came out, I, I was thinking, and I've always had this reaction just instinctively, even as a kid, morally, that an eye for an eye wasn't even <laughs> good enough, really, because if someone pokes your eye out, you you are innocent and poking their eye out. Maybe it gives them retribution, but it doesn't help you. I I so even when I heard that Justin Ross Harris, I thought just putting him to death if he's found guilty beyond any doubt not just beyond a reasonable doubt like you can use to put people in jail but i think we it's i think it's okay to say it's just beyond doubt that you sh- that the method of execution could be being s- uh, locked in the back of a car and suffocating i mean that's how emotional my response is to this kind of thing but there are uh you got to watch that that vengefulness and that that bloodlust thing. Although for me, I always think about right, black and white, rights and wrongs. I don't really think about it in terms of emotion and compassion. Uh, I do think about it as necessity that uh, if there, if anything the government does in my libertarian worldview can only be justified as an extension of our self-defense. So if the only true law is don't touch me or my stuff, then uh, the only time I can touch somebody else or his stuff is when he's aggressing towards me. And that is where I, that is the only thing I can delegate to the government. So, uh, so to me, I think the question for the death penalty, is it the only thing, is it the, is it the right answer? Is it the most defensive way to approach it? But I stopped with that line of reasoning when I realized that you're entrusting the government to decide who can live and die. And that government has now, I think, been completely hijacked by uh, forces beyond even our elected officials who have hijacked it for their own purposes. And if you threaten their purposes, they're going to define treason that way. So that's a little deep, but I, I got lots of feedback on Twitter and my posts and everything. So we can go, uh, I'll, I'll read you some of those after the break. I'm also going to tell you, uh, I read a very interesting, albeit quite long, discussion from a Catholic source about when can capital punishment be justified and what are the big objections to it and then how he resolves the question from a moral point of view. So uh, I'll hit that at the top of the hour. You can uh, give me a call or tweet at me 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show or head to my Facebook page and also I did write a review of a documentary on the death penalty called The Thin Blue Line, which you can see on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. 
Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.